You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And I'm Annie. We're talking about Killjoys, Season 3, Episode 6, Necropolis Now. While we will talk about anything and everything from that episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. Let's get started with our quick reviews. I really like this episode a lot. As expected, Dutch is taking things pretty hard. Davin is once again having to serve as like an emotional guide for her, which I kind of enjoy. Because <laughs> like they speak the same language, I feel like. They kind of get each other that way. Mm. And so Davin's sort of like trying to coax her into accepting what has happened. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I also kind of wanted to kiss him in that moment. <laughs> I get it. I get it, Dutch. <laughs> I understand. So speaking of relationship stuff, I am loving the scenes with the Green Queens. <laughs> the Green Queen scenes. Thank you for running with my ship name, Chris. I appreciate it. I mean, anytime there's rhyming. <laughs> I'm kind of on board. Rhyming for the win. But yeah, the, the Anila and Delsea scenes are pretty good. I'm enjoying their interactions. It seems, I know we were kind of worried a little bit, maybe last episode. It seems like it's maybe actually kind of a genuine thing that they like each other. It's nice. Mm-hmm. And the reveal <laughs> the reveal that Anila is actually a prisoner, I thought was amazing. That was a good reveal. And I think that's going to be like the thing that I remember this episode by. You're like, oh yeah, that's the one where we find out that Anila's actually a prisoner. Cause that's a solid twist. It really is. I feel like. Yeah. What do you think, Stephanie? You know, I was really riveted by this episode, especially the B-plot with Delsea and Anila. I have come to just really enjoy their scenes. I didn't think that I would necessarily be as invested in them as I am. Oh, don't but... kid yourself. You know you would. <laughs> well, no, because she, she had the second thoughts as soon as it happened last week. Yeah. She was like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but you still enjoyed it. Uh, but I, I thought they were really good in this episode. But besides that s- stuff, there was lots of interesting things going on, I thought. I love that we got to see a l- little bit more of the religion in the Killjoys world. I'm very fascinated by that. So I was pleased that we got to see another aspect, like a ceremonial aspect to it. And mm-hmm. and we're like two for two. You wish for more fancy Lee, and there he was. And I wish for more of Hunky Monk, and there he was. Though honestly, I could have used even more Hunky Monk. And no, that is not me code for saying like, why didn't he take off his shirt? Though why uh, why yeah, didn't he right. take off his shirt? But still, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it may not be code for that, but you're still thinking it. <laughs> it's a funeral. It probably wouldn't have been appropriate. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, I, I I still want some more of Hunky Mug this season. I thought Luella was really well used in both the whodunit plot and as well as using her to get us back to like the aftermath of Johnny doing what he did when Potter died. I was pleased with how she was used in the episode. And and I kind of loved Anila's murder spree, which I think makes me a terrible person, but I found it very enjoyable. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that makes us makes a lot of us terrible people. Yeah, yeah. You were not the only one. <laughs> so what did you think, Annie? I like this episode, as you said, Chris, with Dutch dealing with the uh, emotional fallout from killing Banyan and uh, this murder mystery. I can understand Luella's desire for 
uh, vengeance and why she did what she did. And I, I love how Johnny says he can understand why she did it. But I was like, wow, that was uh, almost pretty off the rails. I was like, that was a really painful murdery device that she used. And I'm like, she was willing to kill everybody. I'm like, you couldn't have just targeted the nine somehow. So I felt really bad. I was like, please don't kill Johnny, Luella. So I'm really glad that she didn't. Again, the uh, more sexually awkward tension between Dutch and Dav, which, oh, is this going to develop more future episodes? So I was also amazed at the revelation that Anila is being held as a prisoner. And, you know, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, Anila going all Darth Vader was amazing. So you were not the only one, Stephanie, who thought that was a really, really awesome sequence. So can I can I talk a little bit about the the plot twist of Anila cuz you you know I had I had no. reservations last week but I feel like this plot twist I shouldn't have doubted Lavretta but I feel like it has restored my my not restored but like reaffirmed my faith in Michelle Lavretta. Oh yeah. Because by you, you know I was worried we had these seemingly evil lesbians and usually the big bads of the season they turn into dead people so I'm like oh no is it going to be evil lesbians turning into dead lesbians I do not want this but even though I think very firmly Anila and Dalsea would not be described as the protagonists of this piece I feel like this twist just completely recontextualizes Anila as a character and by extension her and Dalsea's place in this whole storyline and I just thought it was really amazing Right. They're like the slightly less evil people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Still pretty evil, but not the worst. They're not the big bads. They're the medium bads. <laughs> there you go. Medium well. Medium well. That's how I like my 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 baddies and my steak. Medium well. <laughs> They're pretty up there, though. But Michelle Loretta had been teasing on Twitter for a while now that we'd learn something about Anila that would probably make you feel pretty sorry for her. And that really did change my feelings toward Anila a whole lot. I do feel like we're going to learn more about Anila. And we got some interesting teases in this episode, this idea that they've been kind of humoring her for a while because she has such a talent manipula manipulating the plasma, which we've seen her <laughs> Manipulating. <do>. Manipulating. <laughs> So she manipulates Del nipples as well uh, as plasma. That was the joke. <laughs> you ruined my joke. Pew, pew. I am the joke sniper. I take that great pride in that. I was going to say, Delsea could tell you about her manipulating. Uh <laughs> oh, she could. Over and over. <laughs> so... This idea that Anila has been set apart from the Holland because of that ability. Uh, but I was left with some questions about how much Anila knew. Did she realize the ship was an elaborate prison for her? Because it seemed like she had had something similar perhaps happen before where, as Gander would have called them, they took away one of her toys because she runs to her bed and doesn't find Delsea and says, you know, no, not again. I wasn't sure if she meant about that situation specifically, or if she was just alluding to this, her having been all alone before. I took it to be situation specific, though I don't know, obviously. Right. I do feel like she is unaware of the fact that she's not in charge. Okay. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I'm wondering how much control she has over the war in the quad and how much command she actually has to have the fleet do anything because Gander referred to, Oh, that was kind of a 
tipping point when she destroyed all the rack ships. So it seems like Anila had command to destroy all the rack ships. That's a pretty big deal that they let her do that. But at the same time, she's a prisoner, so... But you remember the setup last week was that she had distracted Delsea and Gander, basically played them against each other, so they were preoccupied with that. So it seems more like a situation of, like, the babysitter looked away for a minute and the mm. kid got into the candy. <laughs> right, because Gander has always been very insistent that he's second in command and probably he watches her very closely and guides her movements because she's really not in charge of the Holland's movement. She just thinks she is. It's really interesting, though, how she's a prisoner, but she's an extremely dangerous one considering her murderous rampage. At the end, I mean, she could just kill them all, couldn't she? Or could she? Do you think she could get rid of the whole fleet? If she knew that she I mean, was probably. a prisoner, probably, which is probably why I think, too, it makes sense that she doesn't realize she is. If she thinks but these, think are, now these she are just is. my minions and I can do with them what I want, that doesn't necessarily mean she's going to kill them all and one fell swoop. She might now. It's true. She might. That actually might be kind of an interesting plot twist. I also am a terrible person, apparently. but it was such a cool shot though when you know gander was floating in the air and she choked him and i'm like oh my god she's using the force well not you know the green but still it was so cool the green force and i'm like i may be a horrible person but this is such a cool shot so i was like rooting for her i'm like don't take away her girlfriend but speaking of her girlfriend while i was like pleased that they avoided, played with, I don't know quite the right word, the the tropes that I was worried about last time. Now they have Delsea, who's pregnant at the end of the episode, and I am not particularly happy about that turn of events. What do you, what do you think about it, Chris? I'm playing wait and see, as I often do with Loveretta shows. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, uh, there are just so many pregnant through scientific experiment scientific or alien experimentation storylines there's there's so many situations like that in the history of sci-fi mm-hmm. it's troublesome i, d- I just yeah. like it in particular the way that it's set up because it feels very clear to me at least that this was set up where this was not something she chose it's one thing like for example in in orphan black there's kind of a science pregnancy storyline going on right now but that was something that that character volunteered for but we don't have that here and so immediately i'm just like ugh i don't like pregnancy being used as a a tool of violence against people with uteruses you know mhm mhm in this case the pregnancy was written in because mako noen was who plays delsea was actually pregnant she talked to Michelle Avretta about it, and they ended up writing it in. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they did that same thing with Gillian Anderson in season two of The X-Files. True. And they've done it with many a show. So, But uh, yeah, I didn't know she was pregnant until I, I read an interview with her afterwards. But yeah, interesting to see how this is going to work into the overall plot. Is it to like breed Holland babies or something? I'm so know. confused what she's actually pregnant with, because... What was that sample that Anila got from David? I did like we got an answer to that from last week. I, I don't think that she did anything necessarily to David, but she did tame a sample from him. Hopefully that's all she did. Yeah. But what what exactly was in that sample that then led to whatever they're doing with Delsea now? I'm, I definitely need some more dots connected there before I get it. Which is why I'm saying wait and see. 
I mean, are those two even connected? Well, the I think her name was Bryn. Anila is sort of an assistant handmaiden type, I, for lack of a better word. <laughs> mm-hmm. She told Anila that, that the reason that they took Delsea was because of the discovery she made in the lab from Davin Sample. So that's, I think, where I'm getting. Oh, okay. They are potentially connected, but who knows? It could be revealed I'm completely wrong. Well, I thought it was interesting. The sample was red, yellow, and green, apparently, and then it made up this green foamy stuff that Anila got all excited about. So, yeah, what is it? Mold? It, oh, oh, is it lichen? <laughs> <laughs> lichen. Pretty, pretty lichen. Yes, that's exactly what it is, Stephanie. Uh, and Stephanie goes on a discourse about lichen for another hour. I won't, but I will remind y'all that there were those little moss creatures that had the goo in them before. I don't think it's actually moss, but I just wanted to point it out. I did like the scene where Anila and Delsea woke up and they were having their pillow talk. And then Bryn shows up and Delsea's like, was she here the whole time? And then she's like, okay, I'm into it. Delceo was entertaining from the bed, both with her, yeah. her commentary about, it turns out I'm into it, as as well as when Bren comes back later and she's like, oh, this is unexpected. I have to say, I'm a little uncomfortable, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, oh, all right. Since we're talking about these scenes, I have to throw in that exchange at the beginning. Is it just me or is Holland sex amazing? <laughs> and then Anila's like, neither. Neither. It's me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a pretty it was a pretty so good fast. scene. I wish they had smooched though. And Neela denied her smoochies. I bet she's sorry now. I'm sorry, Neela. I feel sorry for you. But why didn't you kiss her? But I'm sorry. <laughs> she didn't want to ruin her lipstick. <laughs> I know that lipstick. I'm like, God, how much does she smear on? You know, Delsea, every time she kisses her, I bet Delsea ends up all purple. Because that lipstick. I just can't get over it. But her her lipstick is green black, Annie. Why would she be purple? Oh, green black. It looks like a really really dark purple to me. Because of the so. hickeys. Oh, that too. Point, Chris. <laughs> Clearly, we get those visions that Anila experiences when she takes a bath in the green goo, where we get to see Klein again, and those I think seem to be connected to the discovery that Zeph made. So you know, did y'all have thoughts about? All of those things about, like, Anila's memories and revisiting. What did you think about seeing Klein again, Chris? I don't know that I have specific thoughts other than just, like, general intrigue. Yeah, me too. Because they're clearly leading into it, right? We didn't get too much information, or at least not that I can think of off the top of my head. Other than the fact that there were removed memories. And we did get to see Klein and Anila interacting in... Her memories, somebody's memories, and it was a similar dynamic between Klein and Dutch, where he's telling instructive stories, and he tries to get her to tell him a story about, so that, you know, they can get some information from Anila. Are th- are these Anila's memories, and were they extracted by Klein? Because I wonder if he knew now that Anila was a prisoner, and he's trying to protect her by extracting crucial information that he doesn't want the Helen to find out. I do think it's strongly implied that they're Anila's memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the Klein in the green memories, the green vision, I don't entirely know what to call it. He mentioned something about some memories are missing. I can't remember the exact line, but I, I do believe it's strongly implied that it's Anila's memories that are in the remnant. But I'm wondering now what they're going to do about it, because 
Seth says, well, the core sample is really degraded, so how are they even going to know what it is, Dutch and company, you know, if they can't look at it? Are they going to pull a Jurassic Park and, like, fill in stuff with other DNA or whatever? Or Dutch's DNA. Exactly. I was going to say, I feel like Dutch's DNA might be essential to trying to tap into what's in them. Yep. Yeah, because... Zeph says, well, as far as I can tell, it's you. You know, it's your brain matter. But, you know, I think it's implying that Dutch and Anila do have the same DNA. Before we move on to talking about some other storylines from this episode, we wanted to mention what's going on on some of our other podcasts. On Tatiana is Everyone, which is our Orphan Black podcast, Chris and I are currently covering the final season of Orphan Black. Only a couple more episodes, well, one more episode to air, two more episodes for us to release. We are doing those weekly for the next two weeks. <laughs> you can listen to the podcast and find out how to subscribe over at TatianaIsEveryone.com. And find past episodes if we're catching up. So, Annie, you were mentioning the awkwardness between Dutch and Davin. It felt like she was having some awkwardness with exes with both Davin and Hunky Monk a little bit in this episode. Yeah, it was interesting how the episode opened with Dutch expressing her regrets and Davin talking to her. I was, was I the only one who thought Dutch should be having this conversation with Johnny? Because to me, usually, these are the kind of conversations she has with Johnny. But then, you know, she said, don't tell Johnny I'm scared. So I was like, oh, that's why she's having this conversation with Dav. And because Dav can encourage her, you know, in the soldierly way that she needed at that point. But that was interesting because it led to some almost awkward kissing. So now I'm wondering, are they going to go back to a sexual relationship again? What do you guys think? I don't know. It seems like probably not, given Davin's reaction, or at least not yet. Yeah. If they're going that way, I think, as I said before, like, I get why Dutch was like, my face should be on your face right now. <laughs> but at the same time, I also agree with Davin, like, probably probably not now. Yeah. Not no. a good time for yeah. it, because, you know, she's emotionally vulnerable right now, which is, I think, the point. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. And I loved that that was Davin's reaction. Because, again, and I feel like they've done a good job subverting how characters who are like Davin on other shows generally act. <laughs> you know, he mm-hmm. he just was very concerned about her and, and realizing that the circumstances of her kissing him, this was not necessarily the best time for them to move forward with more than that. And I just really loved Davin in that moment and how he reacted to her and how he was trying to get her to talk to him for the entire episode but she just kept avoiding it like ah dutch <laughs> which is which is proof right that they weren't ready to kiss or and make up or what have you because she's not even able to really discuss her feelings with him at this point because dutch emotionally is the kind of character that the davins are usually portrayed as it's true yeah well and i like that davin was being the adult in this scenario, because, yeah, it's not something you often see, but that he was protecting her at the same time. I was like, oh, Dav. But I'm frustrated at the same time that Dutch kept running away and it didn't get resolved. Yeah. It struck me, Chris, when you were talking earlier about how 
Davin was Dutch's emotional guide and dealing with her grief about Banyan and things that happened to the Killjoys in last week's episode. That's been a role that he has had this season. He, we saw him sort of helping Johnny earlier as well, where he's like, this is what coming back feels like. This It's not fun, but we have to do these things. And and I like that Davin has been in that role in this season. Mm-hmm. Me too. That was Johnny's job for the first, especially the first season, but first couple of seasons. So I like that he's he's being used in a different way. Right. I, I feel like he's kind of... He's he's providing a lot of sympathy this season, right? Because Davin has screwed up. A lot. <laughs> he's been through some of this stuff before. <laughs> yeah. And so he's kind of like, okay, here's here's the deal. I understand what you're feeling right now, and you're going to need to forgive yourself. But yeah, I like that. I like that Davin sort of, sort of inherently knowing that they're feeling this horrible guilt themselves and he's like i'm not gonna make your guilt trip worse i understand what's going on you need to forgive yourself and while you're working on that i'm going to forgive you i'm like oh he's a good guy yeah and i love that bit when he took over for dutch during the uh ceremony when she saw uh she couldn't do it and i was like oh there were so many oh damn moments for me this episode though i i was a little worried when i saw his hair the way he did his hair in this episode, where it's all like really Why? militaristic, it made me worry that he was a pod person. I'm like, I was worried last week something happened to <laughs> him. His hair is different this week. Is it a sign? <laughs> you, you, guys, you guys just notice things. I don't. So I was just, well, you know, as, as uh, Dutch said, you know, virgins don't prepare this much for their wedding night. You know, he had formal hair. <laughs> He had formal hair the entire episode. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see, formal actually. Hair. I like it. I'm curious to see, actually, if his hair looks different next week, if it was just a, a more a neater hairstyle than he usually wears because of the ceremony, <laughs> or if it is a, the actor wanted to change his hairstyle, which is fine, but I, it made me suspicious because I'm a weirdo. I didn't <laughs> notice, so now I want to go back and look. It's sort of like slicked down a little bit. Uh, okay. And I think and shorter. Like I think they might have. Side. It's brushed to the side, and I think a bit shorter than he has had it. Okay. Yeah. But I did like those formal uniforms, which I don't know if we've seen much of. They look good, though. Yeah, they look really good. I feel like we say that every episode. I know. <laughs> because we do. Uh, but I do like it, of course, that Dutch finds an excuse to strip out of her so we can have Dutch arm porn. That's my comment. Which is also always your comment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't comment on the hair, on the sweaters, just the arm porn. Well, you do comment on hair, just just not dude hair. Yeah, not dude hair. <laughs> Except for Turin. Well, everybody comments that poor Turin's hair. Oh, that hair is the butt of so many jokes. I know. I <laughs> kind of feel bad for that actor. I was like, did they ask him if it was okay if they make fun of his hair? He must not mind. I, I don't think they would be so mean mean to make fun of his hair if he really hated it. But <laughs> I'm just saying, the guy has a glorious mane of hair. <laughs> he does. I don't know that I'd recognize him if he ever cut it, actually. <laughs> it's true. I don't have a whole lot, honestly, to say about the the mystery plot. I liked it, but I don't actually have a whole lot of discussion for it. That's the thing, right? Like, I enjoyed it. I like a good locked room mystery, but at the same time, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it was interesting that how you were saying that Lovretta was talking about how we'd see something that would make us feel sympathy for Anila. I didn't see those tweets. I just saw her tweets that kept hyping the space elevator over and over again. 
So <laughs> Who doesn't love a good space elevator? That's true. They were beautiful special effects of the space elevator. And they had the music going, I which love- I thought was hilarious. Oh my god, I, I was like, why is there jazz music playing? Oh my god, it really is a space elevator. The music supervisor is really great. And I did love... We have to have an awesome Dutch scene every episode where she's fighting against three times the force of gravity to still somehow shoot and re-engage the clamp to stop the space elevator just in time. I was like, with yeah. her non-dominant hand, exactly. she's awesome. Because mm-hmm. she is. Uh, I really like that line when she's, you know, talking to the nine guy, Kala, who was being a jerky jerk the whole episode. She's like, this time, you know, pick me. The choice is me. The choice is hope. So I'm really hoping that the Nine actually do fund them, because we didn't really get a solid answer as to whether or not they would. Although Dutch threatening that Nine guy saying, "Uh, you're going to end up dead one way or the other, because either the Helen will find you or I will, I think would be a pretty good bet that that would make me invest in them, because I would not want Dutch after me. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah okay never mind <laughs> you know not in the murdery way oh oh sorry yeah, i don't okay. want not the murdery way the sexy way arm borny way yes i do but not the murdery okay. way okay. i can accept that i'd imagine even the murdery way would be pretty arm even the murdery way there yeah, are worse true. people to have murder you is all i'm saying <laughs> That is very you sound true. Like oh. <laughs> wow. At least she'd be efficient about it, you know? <laughs> Unless she didn't want to be. But it's true. Hey, you die with a smile on your face. Luckily, I'm not that terrible of a person. <laughs> yeah. We're just terrible people, this uh, podcast. We're like, yeah, Neela, Darth Vader, it's okay. Yeah, getting murdered by Dutch, that's okay. What? <laughs> I like that Annie just wanted herself. <laughs> Yeah. Now that I said that out loud, I'm all, huh, maybe we, yeah, shouldn't say that out loud. Moving on. I guess the last thing I would mention was it was ominous to me what Johnny was saying over those final shots of Anila and Delsea that he he still wanted to make Delsea feel pain, except she doesn't care about anything the way that he cared about Potter, but now she does. And I don't like what that foreboding tone is. I don't want Johnny to do bad stuff. I don't necessarily want him to hurt the Green Queens, I, I, which is, I, I know, they're awful. I, I, I've conflicted. <laughs> Protect Stephanie's little Green Queens. Don't let anything happen to they're them. They're not little. They are f- terrifying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Johnny is the most prone to sympathy. It's true. Of the Killjoys, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, both of both Jacoby brothers are pretty pretty sympathetic. Sympi- pretty What's the word I'm looking for? They they are having sympathy. They are empath- <laughs> empathetic, Chris. Empathetic. But yeah, I think because Johnny is most willing to hear out other people, I feel like once he sees what the actual situation they are in right now is he'll at the very least maybe tone down his need for vengeance mm, it's possible maybe? i don't know i don't really know and again i just want i just want to emphasize i recognize they've both done terrible things they have killed people both delsea and anila so it's yes. not that i think that they are it's not that i think that they're good people it's more so that i don't i don't like johnny being all vengeful i both for him and for 
Anila and Delsea, who I enjoy having on the show at the very least. Like, I, I just don't want Johnny to be all vengeful. I don't know. I mean, I think my impression was is that because he saw what Luella was going through and he was telling her, you know, I've been through what you've been through and, you know, you take your vengeance and you still don't feel any better is basically what he was saying. I don't know. I, I felt like at the end of the episode when he said, you know, but she will never love or be loved by anyone for that to happen when he's talking about Anila or um, he's talking about Delsea. I don't know. He almost just seems like he's uh, a little bit too tired to keep going with the vengeance because it's at such a high cost to himself, you know, and much what like um, Dutch is going through her own emotional consequences of the war. I don't know. I mean, I would hope that Johnny's gotten all the vengeance stuff out of him. Hopefully. I'm hopeful about it. But I did like that neat symmetry of him saying that line. And then it cuts to Anila in the middle of all the bodies being so devastated. And then Delsea. I just thought that was a neat, uh, neat way that was edited. You can send us your thoughts about this episode of Killjoys. You can email us, killjoys at askgenretv.com. We like getting voice messages, which you can send to us in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us, or call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. You can follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Orphan Black, Lost Girl, and other shows, visit our website at askgenretv.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the quad. Bye.